us. Every time we come into a stadium, it's only gonna be us. Y'all need to know that. We come here to fight every week. Let's go, boss. I got that. They shot me in Denver. You who knows? Opening day edition of the program. It's 10 o'clock on the dot. We are live from the Tech Center, Mile High Sports Studios. Watch us at milehighsports.com. Listen at 98.1 FM or 107.5 HD3. Get involved with the show. Text lines hot. We now would be a good time if you want to give us a call in the next couple segments. Join the conversation. Give us your Rockies win totals. You know, we uh, 70 and 92. Why not? 70 and 92. Jake said something um, that I had to stop the show during the break on. He said, no, the Rockies are going to be better this year. And I was like, big cheer? Are you kidding me? Big cheer. What is that? Are you kidding me? They actually were like what grinded and hung around last year. They overachieved last year. No Trev story. And like they were like did it because um, of the Arenado stuff. Like we'll show the rest of this baseball world. It's not all about Aaron. You know, but that, that stuff fades and wears off. And now they will be exposed for the, you know, who and what they really are. They can't compete in this division. No, they can't. Um, but I still think they'll be better than they were last year. I think the pitching staff is looking very solid if they can stay healthy. How many games did the Rockies win last year? The Rockies finished at 74 and 87. No, not going to be that good. Not going to be that good. 74 wins? How'd they even do that with these bunch of players? Yeah, I, I was shocked that they got there last year, too. But now that the, they don't win the Austin games. Gombers of the world... Uh, feel a little bit more comfortable after their first season here. You said the Austin Gombers of the world? Yeah, after they've gotten a little bit more comfortable. Jake, you're acting like a Gomber right now, bro. You're acting like a real Gomber. A Major League Baseball pitcher? That's, uh, you know, that's Jake, that's not you're really lucky you have great hair and t- uh, tendril hanging right now, or else I don't even know what else we'd have going for you with stuff like that coming out of your mouth. Gomber. No, man, they're like, they're just, <laughs> I think all these guys are half minor league players. I don't think half this roster is my, you know, major league quality of player. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I got it all wrong. We'll see. If they win 74 games again, I'll apologize. That's not easy to do. 74 and 87 might feel like you're a real loser, but no, man, that's your 13 games under 500. You, at a lot of points last year, they were 10 games under 500. What were you going to say? We got a text from our guy Alo, and this say? just reiterates. He's a gomber too. This reiterates, you know, my boycott. Uh, he says anyone going downtown today is part of the problem. If you support mediocre baseball, nothing will ever change. No one's doing it for the Rockies. No one's going like it's not like they're going to Wrigley, and in their ear they have the radio call, and they're not they're going to score the game. And it's like they, no one's there for that. Everyone's there for the experience, you know? Of course, of course. They're not there to actually watch the game. You know the remedy, Jason Mraz? Yeah. The remedy? It's the experience. That's what he says. It's a dangerous liaison. It feels? Yeah, it's it's 
Opening day is a phenomenal experience. The vibes out there are yes. amazing. You're not doing it for the Rockies. You're doing it for like yourself or your kid or your lady or what, you know, it's just kind of what it is. A hundred percent. Yeah. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, it's tearing me apart if I go. Dang. So I can't genuinely enjoy it. You can't? I won't be able Why? to genuinely enjoy it because I've gone to so many Rockies games with disappointment. Are you going to bring your lady? Yeah. Well, then just make out. You know? No big deal. I could do that somewhere else. I'll do it at a Nuggets playoff game. <laughs> yeah! If I'm going to make out at a game, it's going to be at a Nuggets playoff game. Okay, okay, calm down. Well, actually, maybe not, because I actually want to watch the game. Oh. You know, the Rockies, <laughs> they give me a lot of downtime, and the product on the field. Kiss cam. Wait for the kiss cam. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Those tendrils would be a hit on the kiss cam. You already know. People be like, oh, those tendrils. Go back to them. I want to watch them kiss. Whoa. Oh, oh. Be a good time Gross. to mention, guys. Now, Pleasures has four videos for $20. Lubes, oils, tendrils. lotions, tendrils. Totally sweet. <laughs> Pretty good. I like that. Add the tendrils in there. Dang. Got to have tendrils. Uh -huh. man. It's just not the same without it. When I went into Pleasures, I was like, uh, they got all these different sections. And I was like, can you show me the tendrils section? Yeah, it's over there. <laughs> so, now what? Uh, we got another text from F. Lewis. He <laughs> says, nothing better than a foot-long Farmer John's foyer dog at Chavez Ravine. Dang, he's right. Mustard and relish. Dull your dog. They're gigantic. There's, it's being at Dodger Stadium is the, I mean, it, I don't know if it's like being, I don't think it's, it's not timeless like Fenway or I don't think, but I've been to Yankee Stadium. Eh, the new Yankee Stadium, I was expecting like a cathedral. I was expecting like walking into the church. Take me to church. Remember that one? Don't play it. Yeah, I will. There's something better than that. But um, yeah. Dodger Stadium, though, had something. When you come in, I don't know what side it is, but, like, you come into the stadium and you're already up high, it's like, whoa, or you come in, like, it's just, I don't know, man. JJ and I went to back-to-back -back games. It was, like, it last year it was championship ring night. You could, like, feel the, like, I felt like a champion. And we were just, like, fake Dodgers fans that night, you know, those couple nights. But it just felt different, man. It was magical, mystical. What? Blizzard Lizard. Definition of irony. <laughs> Bronco fan poo-pooing Rockies fan for supporting mediocrity. Oh! <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Did he call us snowflakes, too? I. Yeah. Or either me and Good Alo. Good morning, snowflakes! Uh, yeah, I just want to tell you... Good morning, Snowflakes. How you doing? Great, great. I just wanted to say thank God for Donald Trump. I love you, Mr. Trump. Thanks for trying to save our country. Yeah. 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 I do that for Blizzard Lizards because I love him. All right. So we were talking on the break about headband Jokic. A lot of controversy right now. Okay. Uh, Anillo and Zach said he needs to continue to rock the headband, okay? 
I said he needs to only pull out the headband on special occasions. Oh, oh. and Jake said no more headband at all ever ever again. again. Don't ever do the headband again. Well, I mean, like that is wild. That's like polarizing. I, it is. I don't even know where where my you know what to think after you said that, after they said that, and what the right answer is. There is no right answer. Oh, oh. oh. So here's my logic. This was history in the making. This red headband will never be forgotten by Nuggets fans because he went two thousand, one thousand five hundred with it. Yes, literally. Like on one of the most historic single, you know, season moments in NBA history, he's got a headband on for the first time ever, and that's why he should never wear it again. Wow! Let the fans remember that. Okay, so I don't want to go dork here on you, total dorko, but there was times when Spider Man, okay, in the comic books, gets cosmic power. Okay, and okay. it's happened a handful of times over the years. Those particular you know, issues are worth a lot of money. And when he puts on the headband, he's like cosmic Jokic. He could do things that are like superhuman. He basically becomes less than a god, but what? More, More than, than a, man. a man. So I think just on very, say we're down three games to two in the second round to Golden State. Then we put on... The headband. Oh, yeah. You see, Jake? Oh, man. No. What? Triple-double back-to-back? Game seven winner? I like it. How dare you? I like where you're going. I like where you're going. Thank you. Then come with me. But then it doesn't. Hey, hey, hey. Saddle up, partner. It doesn't make the original headband Jokic as special. If they come back and win the series, it will. The legend will then grow. But that's that's an if. Well... (laughs) We know what ifs are, right? If Jake's aunt had a wiener, then that'd be Jake's uncle. Then she'd be the trans swimmer at Penn. We're trying to get all that figured out. We never talked about that. We got some text. Noit says, I want to see Jokic with hair. Whoa. Like long hair? Yeah. Some tendrils hanging? Like j- <laughs> Tendrils Jokic? Dude. No, I couldn't. I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle that. I love him just the way he is with the headband on. <laughs> Damn. What other looks could he go with? Facial hair Jokic? <gasps> All patchy. Bearded Jokic. I've seen his. He's, it, it's he, so patchy. No, it's terrible. His is like a Leonardo DiCaprio's. It's like, what is that? Nice. You went a little sound, uh, Sandlot soundtrack. Yes, sir. It's, it's proper. Day. It's proper. Tequila. Who does this? What's the, what are they called? The Champs. You know, Pee Wee Herman does the dance to this one. You know, Pee Wee Herman is uh, after your time. I know Pee Wee. You know, Pee Wee, yeah. you know his work? A little bit. In the th- movie theater? Yeah, the uh, popcorn. Really? You know about that? Yeah. The Hold his wing around. The fap- wow. Yeah. You're cultured. I am. You know a lot of things. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Plus, you got the tendril today. There, back on the other side, Smiley Sports.
song doesn't have words. But it also doesn't need words. It's called Green Onion. Who does it? Booker T and the MGs. Booker T and the MGs? Damn, we need a name like that for our band. Danny W and the three G's. No. Gerald. Um, G. Jake. Jake with a G. And Nigel. There's a G in There's there. There's a G there. Yeah, see? But do we really want a diva like G? Um, we always you always kind of drama. I haven't seen that movie that thing you do. I mean, it's like all together. Like the lead singer was like he is drama, but he was talented too. Comes with it. This you know, eventually after a bunch of fame, we're gonna break up. You gotta sacrifice it, you know. Haven't you seen the movie Almost Famous? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably similar to something like that in my mind. You know. Okay. Ideally. Yeah. So Tiger tees off. There's and the Masters in full swing. We just it's opening day. There's a lot of other things going on. So Tiger doesn't tee off until the afternoon. And Dustin Johnson's on the course. Um making a push. I might, you know, have to say right now, if I had to pick one guy right now, it would be Dustin Johnson to win this thing. If I could pick a guy right now at this moment in time, uh M. Right? Yeah. M is five under. And he's even parted it through nine holes. Cameron Smith, who hosed me yesterday for six hundred bucks, tees off at eleven thirty. Dustin Johnson is even par today through seven holes. So he's at three under. He's two off the pace, but just kind of lurking, you know? Uh let me see here. Anyone else made a little bit of push? Uh Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. At three under. Okay, Scotty Schiffler at three under. Um, Schwartzel, Charles Schwartzel, right? Two right. under. Bubba Watson, one under. He's won this tournament two times. Very dangerous. Uh, Cantlay, Tiger, one under. Finau, one under. I have a lot of money on Finau. He's one under. If he can shoot a two under today and be three under, he'll, that'll, you know. I might cash that pig if you can give me a few hundred on it. That's it. Sergio, even par. I'm just looking at guys who can win this tournament. Gooch? Gooch is, uh, what's his first name? What would you say? His, name, his last name is Gooch. Imagine the last name's game was Gooch. What's Tony. his first name? Tony. Tony Gooch? Tony Gooch. No, it's Taylor. T- hey, I got the and, first name. Well, actually, right. it's T A L O R. Teller. Is it Taller? Teller. Taller? Teller. Teller. I don't know. Gooch. Damn. <laughs> Let's go, Gooch. I uh, found a FanDuel bet. Uh, Tiger Woods and John Rom both to shoot 72 or better in round two. It's at a plus 340. What's the max, Fiddy? Uh, I think 50. Damn, that's pretty good. I put 20 on it. I think uh, John Rahm is due for a bounce back round. You know, he did awfully yesterday. Uh, and Tiger, he, he was solid. He had a, what is it, a 71 yesterday? So I think he'll either do the same or better. I'm telling you, bro, if Tiger goes and shoots a one under and he's 200 going into the weekend, he'll be Juiced. about five or four um, strokes off the pace. Max, 
max, max, max, with a bunch of guys who had never been in this position besides Dustin Johnson to kind of have to make a charge. So it's, that's it. It's about the surviving the first two days, you know, um, and advancing in a lot of ways. You have to make the cut, but you also have to you know, remain in con- contention. You know, two or three under, which is three, off, three strokes off of obviously being one under, or two or three over, I mean, will, it, it will have eliminated you. It eliminated you from the from the tournament. I'm gonna say Tiger is two under on the day. That's a you're a dreamer, kid. I love it. He's two under on the day. I mean, you know, we're trying to talk, we've been trying to talk ourselves into Tiger here for the whole week, and I think it's getting easier and easier to do so, especially now. So, man, when he almost hit that hole in one, that would have rocked the whole sports it, world it, uh, to its core. Tiger holes out. It would have just you know because the magic of Tiger. Is not just the bomber drives and, you know, the play around the greens. It was the makes around the greens. It was the hole outs. It's the long lagger putts that, you know, uh, he makes. And it's the little, you know, flops and pitches that find their way into the hole. It's That's what makes Tiger so many big moments. So, so, so. And then the fist bumps. He's the best. Is he the greatest fist pumper of all time? Oh, yeah. Not even close. Really? Yeah. Who 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 would else be there? I have to think about it. I don't know. It just came to me. I mean, MJ, you know, is iconic. Mm. When he jumps up Or when he would air. do this, you know? Oh, yeah. And he when he jumps up and does that over ELO, that's one of the greatest fist pump moments of all time. Dang, that's hard. But Tiger's got so many of them. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger's the greatest. Right? I would say so. Let me see if there's such a thing as greatest fist pumpers of all time. While you're looking that up, F. Lewis. I better be careful typing some of this stuff in <laughs> what I'm searching for. F. Lewis says, headband can be like when Notre Dame football pulls out the green jerseys. That's cool. I have a Notre Dame green jersey. It's badass. It is badass. I should wear it on St. Patrick's Day. Why didn't I? Because you're a fool. Damn it. Okay. You blew it. Um, let's you see here. It. I got some of the greatest fist pumps. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Tiger 2005 Masters. Most remember the chip in at 16 as the defining moment, but Tiger's fist pump on 18 remains his most memorable fist pump of all time. Oh, yes, watch this. I'm going to cap it off with the greatest fist pump of all time, okay? Um, Next, uh, Jordan, simply known as The Shot, gave fans perhaps the most athletic fist pump of all time. Uh, Jumps over Elo. We just talked about that. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, it was just two minutes ago. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jimmy Connors in the 1991 U.S. Open. Old man, okay? Uh, played cat and mouse with Aaron Crickstein for a lengthy rally before finally delivering a winner and gave the big fist pump as his response. Okay? But the greatest fist pump of all time was uh, in the 1988 World Series. Okay? When Dennis Eckersley, who's a Hall of Fame pitcher, one of the greatest closers and nastiest throwers of a ball of all time, 
um, is ready to close out the Dodgers. Kurt Gibson, who was, they said, uh, looked looked a wreck of a man, no chance he could play, um, was in the locker room, suited up, went to the tunnel, was getting warmed up in the tunnel, came out, kind of made the decision himself he was going to come in and pinch hit. Okay? And then uh, Eckersley serves one. Kurt Gibson turns on it, hits it out, and I don't believe what I just saw. Uh, Rounds those bases, fist pumping, Gibson, boom. That's got to be that. Yeah. I mean, that moment, those two teams, I mean, that's those Oakland A's teams, they won one World Series, lost to the Reds and lost to the Dodgers, but they should have won and could have won all three of those. In a weird way, they were a dynasty that not only didn't happen, but kind of in a lot of ways with the Ricky Hendersons, Bass Brothers, um, uh, I mean, like Carter Lansford, Walt Weiss, uh, Eckersley Welch, um, Dave Stewart, uh, 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 Dave Henderson? Hold on. I'm thinking. I can't think of any more. That's a lot, the guys. Ooh. I remember when I kissed Wendy Peppercorn to this one. This magic moment. Dang. So different and so new was like any other. Until, Until I kiss you. you. And then it happened. Wow. It took we were kicked out of the pool forever that day. That but every time we walked too. by, Squints by would look up at the lifeguard tower. And Wendy Peppercorn would look back at him, smile, and wave. They had 11 kids after that. Imagine that. Damn. Damn, Squints. Good, Adam. <laughs> Good on you, Squints. Good on you, Squints. a boy. Okay. Atta baby, atta boy. <laughs> atta baby, it's a boy. You have a collect call from Atta baby, it's a boy. Hang up. This is Jay and the Americans. Benny King and the Drifters. Oh, oh they, Jay and the Americans does this first. I think this is a cover. I just think Roy, Roy Overson might cover this one too. Maybe. All right. Danny Williams, Jake Meyer. Jake said Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter. I'm at Tweets Danny on Twitter. Lots of ways to get involved with the show. Two segments left worth the show on a opening day edition of the program. It's Miley Sports. Sweeter. This is where they throw up, I think. Sandlot. And you and I were just talking. We're loving the Sandlot vibes. Totally. And and I think it's one of the great vibes. soundtracks, actually. And great movies. Just timeless. Oh, like no I think doubt about it. 
I don't know, Karate Kid is another, you know, sports movie of that ilk. And it's it just doesn't come true. close. Yeah, it just, I think Karate Kid feels way more dated. Sandlot feels timeless uh, to me. Do you know what Karate Kid just, does? Karate Kid's still, it. like, I don't want to say timeless. Uh, it, I, it's I a like classic, the, Well, I like the 80s. moment in time it's set in. Yes. You know what I mean? There's yeah. something about that kind of era. Era. Oh, wow. But uh, what else are we going to say? Yeah, um, you know, the, the Sandlot is like my generation's. I don't know, maybe your generation's like... Um, bad news bears or you know it's just it's it's all time kind of great when i hear people kind of badmouth the sandlot i don't quite get it because it's like two or three movies in one movie you know what i mean it's like he's moving he becomes friends uh with the kids he starts learning to play baseball then they lose the ba the babe ruth baseball yeah. then it's all about getting the ball back and i don't know man i love dennis larry dennis larry is the jerk stepdad you know it's like it's kind of got everything man the sandlot is it does it's great and can, then there's so many like classic moments too like in that whole summer totally. you didn't mention the the cpr th scene which is so memorable the fourth of july scene no so doubt memorable. about it Just it's, like you know there's tons of lines in that movie that make it all time kind of good and i like at the end you know like he t he tells you what happens to all of them you know, like Ham Porter becomes a wrestler. Bertram Grobel eats. No one seen or heard from him ever again. The two brothers, Timmy and Tommy Timmons, were like construction dudes or something. I don't know. It's just the Sandlot's great. I don't, you know, I, the Field of Dreams, like we do the Field of Dreams speech and stuff all the time. You know, it's, you know, uh, it's, it, oh, and uh, sorry, before I say that, the Sandlot has freaking uh, James Earl Jones at the end, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. James will join the crowd of the place so close to strike zone practically disappears. It's like, whew, damn. That movie's got everything. Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Me too. Okay. Uh, what were you saying about Broncos? Let's talk about them. Let, let's get let's into talk it. About I'm, it. I'm getting Tell ready me. for the let's draft, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Trey McBride right now. Got okay. a piece coming out. Let's trade two here. of our three top 100 picks no. for Trey McBride early second. Yeah, okay, here's my thing. If he falls to 64, I can no. I can be fine with Why? it. Why? Why what's the difference between 38 and 64? But you have to give up to get him. Yeah, you but have we to don't get we, up to 38. Cuz here's my thing. We don't like have three. why for me I'm like, "Oh, do I even want McBride at 64?" Russell Wilson does not value the tight end position. Uh, I don't think he's had a tight end to value. I think he's had a bunch of uh potatoes at the position. That's fair, but it's also just like a play style. Thing. He doesn't like attacking intermediate uh, okay. uh, over the middle of the field, and that's where tight ends normally make their money. It's, that's in the uh, offense that he has to run. I don't I, know that for sure because it seems. Well, what I'm saying is, it seems like Aaron Rodgers, and it feels like that has been the same guy over his career too. You know, there's been some highs and lows when he's had a you know, um, you know, Tunyon is a weapon for him, but like not a, a uh. Every drive utilized nine catch a game, yeah. eight catch a He's game kind of weapon. <laughs> you no think? But no, Devon, I'm just joking because there's no yeah, Devontae Adams you, there. I feel you, I feel you. But uh, yeah, I think McBride's a very good player, but it's like, I think Kate Otten is so you think there's three 90% of McBride and I can get him two rounds later. And I definitely don't have to trade up for uh, Otten. You think the three players who are going to draft in the top 100, all three of those guys can come in and contribute to this type of good stack team? No, no, there's risk. So that's involved why I want to consider there's, consolidation. There's risk involved with all of them. So if you have, uh, I mean, 50% is, is you could even say generous. But let's say you have a 50% chance with e each of those picks. If you consolidate down to one, you've got one 50% chance. 
If you keep all three, you get three fifty percent chances to find a good player. Uh, and with that third pick, that that later on one that we're talking about consolidating, I think you can draft uh, again Kate Otten out of Washington, who I think is very similar to Trey McBride. It is uh, in, undeniably, in my mind, a better blocker. When you're in the Bron- and the receiving's not different. When you're in the Broncos' position, I think it's house money. I think you have a lot of leverage. I think you can almost do whatever you want in the draft and come out smelling like roses. So it allows you to maybe gamble, take a chance, move up, uh, do some things that, again, with Russell Wilson, if you're running trying to run it back with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, that you just could never do. But Russell Wilson allows you the opportunity. And I don't mean go, Adam Gotsis, roll the dice on a project piece. I mean, like I said, consolidate some picks, move up, get a guy who you had, you know, in a, a top 20 pick in the early second round because you're, you know, able to do that. If you think McBride is that oh. special a weapon, I'm not sure yet. Then you go for it. That's I'm the not thing. sure. I but like, personally, but if, if, the, the idea of doing something like that for a like guy a, like that. Yeah, but like a uh, Noah Fant, and we can say it didn't work out or whatever. Uh, I get why you take him in the top 20 picks. I see why you take TJ Hawkins. For McBride, it's like he's good. He's a good football player, but I don't see with him, I don't see the thing that's like, oh my God, I have to get that in trade up. I think, again, Kate Odd and I said that name several times, but Jake Ferguson out of uh, Wisconsin is a guy I like a little less than those other two. You can get him. If you really want to replace Noah Fant, you can get Isaiah Likely probably in the mid third, who's a, a very talented, gifted uh, move tight end. Um, you know, could do a lot of the things Fant did uh, at, at a severe discount. Um, so I just, for me, there's just different routes I'd go. With it, other than Trey McBride, if he falls to sixty-four, he's a good like player. Where? What do you mean? I need it. to like. I, I I'm not putting you on the spot. Like name names. You don't even have to name names, but give me like a uh, idea of a guy at a position or something like that that you would you know prefer. Is it for sure? Jalen Petrie is my guy. And is it a? I want to hear about him. But is it a philosophy thing that my you know move up can you know go two for one on two of those three top hundred picks that you don't really care for? Is it really just about the guy? The situation, who's on the board, the value. It's, it's what's more your about McBride in this conversation. Again, I personally, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think I'm more aggressive. I like trading up more than most people. Most people would say it's kind of. Mm. A lot of people would say it's almost always a bad idea to trade up. I, I'm for it. I wouldn't be for it for McBride if they love one of these tackles, um, one of these like early second round tackles. I'd be all for an aggressive move up. If they if they love one of these edge rushers, all for it. Like Drake Jackson and they feel like they have to move up to get him. Who's the what, what number is the first pick the Broncos have? Sixty four. It's the that's the first pick. Yes. Oof. It's like they, no, see, they gotta move to go two for one and try to get into the thirties. And like to me, Allah uh, in two thousand and twelve, they moved down, they moved back and ended up drafting Derek Wolf. We kinda talked about this. Mm-hmm. And Derek Wolf ended up being I'd say the value of a first round pick definitely when you get him in the second round. Uh-huh. Was a great player for this team, maybe just the right player of a compliment to who and what the Broncos needed when they're out there competing for Super Bowls. So I'm Derek Wolf was the thirty sixth pick in that draft that year, okay? I'm gonna give you some guys drafted after him in that draft. Okay? You know, I just want to just chew on it for a minute, okay? You want you ready ready for this? Uh, Janoris Jenkins went a few picks later. Okay, you with me? Yeah. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Bobby Wagner went 47 overall at a Utah State. Think about that. Uh, Zach Brown of the Zach Brown, the linebacker of uh, Tennessee. Uh, Levante David. 
pick number 58. Okay. Let's see here. KC Hayward, pick number 62. Um, uh, Olivier Vernon, 72. Russell Wilson in that same draft, number 75 overall. Brandon Cooks, uh, the receiver. Oh, no, the guard, the guard, different Brandon Cooks. Okay, that's number 76. Now we're into the third round. Any of that mean anything to you? Yeah, I think it does mean something. There's a lot of I think of it means something players. to your argument. Yeah, no, there's a lot I'm of I'm trying good to play into your second. argument now. No, and actually. I appreciate that. I, I think, again, there's good, and especially in this class, it's like the strength of this class is not in the top 15, it's not in the top 20. It's really strong in like picks 40 to 100. I think, and so that's, I think, where you don't like. But to your point, there's uh, analytics gurus, uh, the big money ball of the NFL, and, and people have been saying this for a few years, and uh, a lot of NFL figures just aren't listening to it. That the real best picks in the draft are around, kind of between what you're saying, between thirty and forty, because yes. you're getting first round talent. I believe that for the cost of a second rounder, and I I agree with it. I don't. That's think, been proven out, and even it's been proven out with the Cortland Sutton. But the difference, the, world the difference this year is that those guys are what this draft has a lot of. It has a lot of those fringe it's first It's got to be pounds. the guy and a guy. You don't do it for, unless you love a guy. Obviously, you don't move up for a guy unless you love him. That's what we say was so despicable about Paxton. There's one thing to being on the clock and you're like, oh man, we didn't, he, we didn't think he's going to be there. Do we go here? What would we do, guys? There's one thing to like hastily decide uh, we're split down the middle when you're on the clock to take a guy. It's another to move five picks up. That's like, we don't just like you, but we love you. And, and five picks, I'm so, definitely down for. If we're talking 64, so if like you do move 59, up, you have to hit. Definitely. There's more pressure to hit because you 100%. moved up for him. Because, yeah, you sacrificed the dart to well, two, two, do it. two players. Yeah. You know, yeah. this guy yeah. could have been two other players other than the guy you missed on. Yeah. That's as simple as that. But also, there's something, too, I really believe. Getting your guys. Getting your guy and yeah. finding a guy with these two picks that. Um, are otherwise, do you know what the one thing I okay uh, of those guys I mentioned um, after Derek Wolf and maybe even Derek Wolf himself? Okay, it went Janoris Jenkins, Alshon Jeffrey, Bobby Wagner, Asterisk, Zach Brown, Levante David, Casey Hayward, uh, Olivier Vernon, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks, Russell Wilson. Obviously, get rid of Russell Wilson there. If we got two out of those three players that I mentioned, yeah. it would be worth keeping your three top 100 picks. But also, none of those guys other than Bobby Wagner really went on to, like, stardom. They went on to, each one of those guys was a pro bowler, a former pro bowler, but they weren't stars. There is something to the higher up you draft. It's simple. This isn't rocket surgery or brain science. Um, the closer you are to the higher, you know, the higher part of the draft, the more likely you are to get, like, a star, maybe even a superstar player. Definitely. And I think, obviously, so you always want to add stars. Uh, you always want to add stars to your roster, but this Broncos roster, also, what they really need right now is depth. And they need depth in a lot, a lot of places, but they don't have the big, glaring need. Um, I also think you're not going to climb high enough in the draft unless you really pay a pretty penny to be near where those elite towns are. Because, again, this draft is lacking those elite towns. I think you can get a guy who you can get some of those. Pro Bowl players, you know, some really, really nice players in the second round. That is what this draft has a surplus of. It has a lot of good players. It's Do you know what would be sweet? Great, lots of good. Okay, so 29 in that same draft, Harrison Smith. 31, Doug Martin. Um, there was some guys we'll remember there in the running back, David Wilson. 
uh, wide receiver Brian Quick, Kobe Fleener, uh, Courtney Upshaw, then Derek Wolf, Wolf went 36 overall. So you know, see the type of misses you can have. But if they were to move up and draft a Harrison Smith type of player, Devontae Hightower was, went 25 overall in that draft. David DeCastro, 24 in that draft. Chandler Jones, 21 in that draft. Check this. Let me ask you this. But this isn't that draft. Okay, I feel you. Saying. No, I understand. But let me ask you this now. Bruce Irvin was 15 overall. Melvin Ingram was number 18 overall. Check this. Would you, if the, uh, I don't know, this year the Patriots were 21. They yeah. drafted Chandler, Chandler Jones at 21 that year, okay? Mm -hmm. Would you trade your three top 100 picks to get into picks 12 through 22, somewhere between like 15, say 15 to 25? And here's the picks that went 15 to 25 that year. I know it's not this year, but for example, here's what 15 to 25 gets you. Melvin Ingram, Chandler Jones, David DeCastro, Devontae Hightower, Harrison Smith. That's a higher quality of name than the other five or six guys with the Derek Wolf on the list that we mentioned. So if to take a swing at a chance at one of those guys, would you consider trading all three top 100 picks for that? Oh. In that circumstance that you laid out, I would. I don't think that circumstance exists this Yes. Year, is, is, again, my thing. I think, yeah. like, who's the guy I'm trading up for there? Maybe David Ojabo, right? Yeah. Because we got to think, what's the premier need, edge, to, to justify it, and, like, the premier talent that might fall because of, like, injury stuff. Yeah. That, that one makes sense to me. And you trade up maybe into the 20s, very low 30s and, oh. and maybe you're able to get it i think there's an and you have that guy that. for that fifth year option too if you could sneak back into the first round that's very valuable the fifth year option is a nice is a nice note my thing is this class is so deep at edge where i think you can get a guy like drake jackson at pick 64 drake jackson drake. was was getting uh talked about the before the season as a potential top 10 pick um and he didn't take the leap in development people were hoping to see but uh, uh, athletically has a lot of similarities to a guy like Von Miller. Um, now, again, he's a third-round pick for a reason. There's a lot of holes in his game. Um, but the, the talent you can find at the edge position, at the tackle position in this class later on, I don't think it's so dramatically different from what's in the, the 20s that you can warrant how expensive that trade-up is going to be. And that's kind of my point. Like Where this draft is weak is between... like pick five and pick 25. So that's kind of in the range you're talking about trading up. Do I want to trade three picks in the value? Weak in terms of in value, va not necessarily in player. Yeah, but you have three value assets. You have three assets that have surplus value, and you're looking to trade all three of those for one asset that right now is overvalued. Jake, what do you that, that's unappealing. What do you think? And then take us to break. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm with Zach here. I don't want to trade up. I think the value, George Payton has utilized those you know, later round picks, the seconds, thirds, uh, very well. And I, I think he can continue Browning, to do so. I actually would like to trade two of my picks to get it somewhere in the 30s where the Broncos themselves have found Reisner, uh, Cortland Sutton, um, Drew Locke, who people believed in. The Broncos themselves actually had a bunch of success in that second round right around there. So I'd consider, because you'd feel, we'd be feeling like, We'd be getting, you know, kind of like a first round pick. And that's I think fair. that kind of means something. Yeah. I really do. It, you got to leave a, your draft class, draft weekend with some substance and something there. If not, then why don't we just, you know, what, 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 we, what do we do? 
drafted guys who can't make the, a, a good roster. Well, these guys will. We're talking about second, third round picks. Well, second, third round picks aren't second, also, third round picks aren't valuable. We just went over the list, and also, like, l- let's look at talk about substance. Look at la- the picks you want to trade last year turned into Baron Browning, long term starting linebacker with very high upside. Quinn Miners, long term starting guard with very high upside. And we want to trade multiple starters for one I'm not, listen, player that's going to be over. I'm not it like, let's sense. do it for the sake of doing it. Of course, it has to be for the right guy. I would just be working phones to try to pull something off like that, to try to get a guy who you had on your board as a first rounder, but you snaked in the second round. Before we go to break, we got a text uh, from Noit. He says, if Chad Muma is on the board, the Broncos need to take him, fills a need, and he's the next Logan Wilson and Colorado's own. Yeah, I think we love the local guys. I should. Mm. Chad Mum is a good player. It's just, for me, I think we're overvaluing yeah. the need of linebacker. Jules is a good player. You guys Jonas are acting, like, you guys are acting like real dad. gombers. You know Austin Gomber? Yeah. You're acting like a gomber right now <laughs> yourself. Um, Zach, good stuff. I've got we'll, fun players. Way better players than Chad Mama. Jalen Petrie. That's your guy? We got to go to break. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you. Uh, Danny and Jake back on their side of one final segment to Miley Sports. Yeah, Spider Man in full effect. You ready, Jake? I'm ready. You ready, Danny? I'm ready, Snake. Are you? Girl, I must warn you. Final segment. Opening day edition of the program. Thanks for being with us, guys. Appreciate it. We only got a couple minutes left. Got to get out of here. Uh, if you're going to opening day, enjoy it. Be careful. Uh, if you want a little action, well, join the Fandle Sportsbook. This season, turn K's, as in strikeouts, into cash and big hits into big wins. Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah, that's right. Fandle Sportsbook right now. New customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if your bet does not win. Okay? So, for one, I love the app. Super easy to log on. I do, like, the facial recognition thing. Boom, I'm logged on. If I need to deposit money because I see some live action I'm trying to jump on really quick, it takes a matter of moments. It's not going to take me minutes. I'm not going to miss my bet or my opportunity or the odds that I'm trying to lock in. Um, and then they'll pay you out when you win in a matter of hours, not days, not uh, wired checks or uh, a wire transfer or a check you have to wait for forever that you have to pay for your own money to cash out your own money. No, no, no. That's like the past. Vandal is the future of sports betting. Uh, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Okay, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, sign up with promo code MHS, and get started with your f- uh, risk-free first bet up to $1,000. I don't know why that was so hard for me. Um, that's promo code MHS. 21 and older, present in Colorado, first online roll money wager, only $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling promo code 1-800-522-4700. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, shout out to Nikola Jokic for the 2,000, 1,500. There's been a lot of great players over a long time of uh, a history of an NBA. For no one to have 2,000, 1,500 is iconic, very special. We'll never forget it, and that's why this guy is one of the greatest, and that's why this guy's the back-to-back MVP. Let's go Tiger this weekend. 
Let's get this done. Tiger, uh, I'll root for the Rockies one day only. It's today to beat the Dodgers on opening day. The rest of the days, I don't care. Um, Nuggets, Lakers, Sunday. Anything else you could think of? Kareem Jackson to uh, one-year one deal. deal. Kareem Jackson, love to have him back. It's still play a little bit. Maybe even a better player, what he has left as a part-time player, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he's 34 years old. Yeah. I mean, that one-year contract, get the the best out of him you know, this final season with Russ as your quarterback. For Jake Meyer, for Jake Meyer's tendrils, I am Danny Williams. We appreciate you guys, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Sheila. Bye, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I'll never forget tonight. Bye, Terry. All right, Alan, whatever. Go inside. Bye, Sheila. See you, see you, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I don't know if you heard me. Bye, Terry. Bye, Sheila. Now I'm about to make them tuck their